Good morning, this is David Bennett, and this is Bitcoin And, a podcast where I try to find the edge effect between the worlds of Bitcoin, gaming, permaculture, podcasting, and education to gain a better understanding of all. Edge effect is a concept from ecology describing a greater diversity of life where the edges of two systems overlap. While species from either system can be found at the edge, it is important to note there are species in the overlap that exist in neither system, and that is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. It is 10.26 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. It is the 16th of December, 2022. And this is episode 654 of Bitcoin and Noster. Okay, finally, 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 I started really taking a, a deeper, not a deep, but a deeper dive looking at Noster. And oh my God, wow, I'm, I'm completely blown away. Because it is, it the the Noster, God, for lack of better term, ecosystem. I, I know, I get it. Um, but for lack of better term, ecosystem of Noster is frighteningly well set up because it is, it's bulletproof in its uh, structure, in, in its simplicity. Okay. So uh, what am I talking about? <coughs> Noster is a relatively, as far as I can tell it, actually as much decentralized and as you can possibly get event protocol. Let's just call it an event protocol. A lot of people are going to be talking about it like, oh, it's a messaging protocol. Like you send messages in Twitter or on Telegram. And yes, yeah, 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 that's true. But if I send a picture of something on Twitter, which I can't anymore because I'm banned, like apparently half the world is now, um, that's not a message So insofar. Well, I guess if I sent a meme, it's a message. But if I just send a picture of a tree, well, it's not really a message. That's me sending a, maybe a picture of, you know, a, a picture I took that I love that I want to share. I, I don't think that's really a message, but it is an event. If I, you know, clip, uh, you know, like my favorite podcast and then upload that to, you know, like a, that clip, uh, that wave file to like Telegram, eh, I guess it could be considered a message. But what I'm getting at here is that in Noster, we're kind of talking about that all these things, a direct text message, sending a picture, sending a clip of something, whatever it is that you can send via all these quote unquote messaging apps, they probably are better considered as an event. Like when I text something to you, it's an event, okay? And so all these events in Noster represent sort of like all the events in Telegram and all the events you send on Signal and all the events on Facebook and Twitter and all the all the rest of it and stuff. And while it is in baby phases, and believe me, yes siree, this, we are in the infancy of this decentralized event sending protocol that is truly decentralized and identity is proven by not your email, not your phone number, but by private and public key pairs. Amazingly enough, right? So I'll do a deeper, like a much deeper dive into uh, what's going on with Noster um, like later on, but 
what I do want to talk about is why the hell is my dude, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm trying to get to my boosts so that I can read your boosts and it's being, my app is being very, very difficult today. So it's just whatever. Uh, let's see if I got any boosts from here. I'm going to just hold that thought. I do have boosts. Ooh, I got quite a bit of boosts there. And I didn't do boost from uh, on the last show. Uh, let's see here. Hold on. Good Lord. Why is this taking so long? Uh, okay. Now we go back to that one. Get boost from that one. Yes. And I've got three boosts there. Okay. Cause I, I'm going to read boost from two different shows. Um, because I didn't read boost, uh, the last show. Now back to the Noster thing. So here's why I'm excited about it. Okay. Let me just give you, this would be the last thing that I say about Noster right now, but I went over to, um, I started going, you know, going, okay, well, what's a client that I can use? What a client that attaches to any protocol, like whether it's, you know, uh, Twitter or, you know, like, a Facebook is like a way that it interacts with it, with itself, with its own servers. But like a client is a way to look into a server or a set of servers or an ecosystem of servers. Okay. And once you get a good client, that client represents your user experience when you attach to something. All right. So I wanted to attach to Nostr. I wanted to find out what the hell is going on with this public private key pair decentralized identity event messaging P2P service. Well, I don't know what the hell's going on until I can lay my hands on it. And the way that you could do that is with a client. And I finally found a client that actually made visual user experience sense to me. And I was off to the races as of yesterday and this morning. And so here's the takeaway. <clears throat> I use this particular client and I'm not going to say which one. Okay. Cause the one that I started you, well, if I can remember, I'll say it, but I, I'm not going to say which one because I've already closed it down uh, after I used it to generate private and public key pairs, which I now have uh, backups of. Right. Well, it so happens that when I, started looking around, I was like, okay, well, I'll follow a few people here. And I did, and I'll, I'll throw out a couple of messages or, or events. And I did. And so they're time stamped and, you know, they're chronological order and all that stuff. And that, that comes back into play here in a sec. But the, the while the interface interface was visually intuitive, i.e. user experience being, you know, pleasant, it's load times were starting to really piss me off because literally on my phone or on the web, it was taking forever. Every time that I just wanted to refresh or, or change some, you know, look at something else like uh, go from, you know, from notes over to uh, settings and look at my settings and then go back to notes. It would take 15 minutes to load, which was, is a known problem with uh, whatever the name of this thing is. So it just got me more and more pissed off. And hence, I started looking around for other clients. And I'm in the middle of like, I've got like literally like three or four different clients that are all talking to Noster, the Noster protocol. And they're all open at the same time. And every single one of them wants something from me when I first get into it, not log into it, 
not set up account, but when I first get into it, the first thing it says is, what's your either public or private key? Either one, I don't care. If you put in your, and all of them pretty much do the same thing. They say, if you put in just your public key, then every message that you send, you will need to sign with your private key. So you'd better damn well have your private key. Or if you're more of the trusting type, you could just give them your private key. And since I'm just testing, because I can always go snag another, uh, another private public key pair set. I'm right now, I'm giving my private key, right? Because I can generate another one. I can make the determination myself as to which one I finally settle on, as to which identity I finally settle on. And that's the one where I will just keep the private key in the background and I will use it to sign messages. But right now I'm just playing around. So don't, don't task me too hard on this. So I'm given stuff like Enigma, which is A-N-I-G-M-A dot I-O is a client. Domus dot I-O, D-A-M-U-S dot I-O is a client of the Noster protocol or ecosystem. It's a way to look into it. Jack has already got his public key that he's sharing out so that you can find him on these things. I got William Kassarin, who's one of the main developers you know, behind the, the whole Noster thing and, and, and client side stuff. Um, his, you know, I, I'm following him, um, but I followed him from like a different client. And this is going to make sense in, in a couple, in just a couple seconds, I'm going to gel it all for you. Then I'm on astral, uh, dot ninja, A S T R A L dot ninja. And you know what I'm seeing? I'm seeing the exact same people that I followed from any client. I'm seeing the exact same messages that I sent or any replies that I might have sent on any client with the exact same timestamps that went to the exact people that I sent them to with no confusion whatsoever. Brandly is another client that I'm using, right? Or testing. Uh, it's a little slower than the rest of them. Astral right now and or Astral and Domus seem to be the fastest Twitter-like clients, but the Enigma is a Telegram-like client. But guess what? If I feed Enigma, A-N-I-G-M-A, my public key that I generated off of the first place that I generated it, what was it? I can't remember the name of it, then it's going to send me the events that I sent out. It's, do you see what I'm getting at here? I didn't give anybody a phone number. I didn't give anybody, any of these people an email. I didn't give anybody, any of these people shit. What they gave me every single time was one of two things. Either the ability to input my public key or my private key that was previously generated, or it has a private key, public key pair generator of its own, and you can generate it from there. But once generated, you can use either the public or private key across any one of these things, and you will see in whatever UX format the client you happen to be using uses, you will see everything that you generated from every client that has anything to do with that public private P, uh, key pair. You see what I'm getting at? You got Elon running around banning everything from Mastodon. You cannot, if you post your, and, and this may have been what got me banned. 
It may not have been. It, like the message that I got banned on Twitter basically said, hey, we figured out that you are this guy, that this other account that we banned, you're connected clearly. So, But it wasn't until I put in my Mastodon address so that people could reach me over on the Fediverse into my Twitter profile. And the five seconds after that, maybe 15, I was banned. So I don't know if it was just because I was putting in like a, you know, a place that you can go talk to me on a, on well, quote unquote, a competitor, even though the Fediverse doesn't have a marketing staff, nor does it have a, a monetary generation, you know, it doesn't have a business model for generating cash. But be that as it may, they still look at it as competition on Twitter. Maybe it was just because I put that in there. Because now if you put in PixelFed, which is an Instagram replacement for the Fediverse, if you put in your like uh, your address for PixelFed, Twitter's gonna filter that out on it on any of your tweets and it's gonna say, no, we can't, we can't send this link. And you're just, it's just not going to send your tweet with it. And I don't know if you'll get banned, but he's also banning, he banned the Elon Jet thing. He's banned like, I don't know, a couple of handfuls of journalists off of the platform. I, I don't think he, I, I don't think he gives a shit about what Twitter is or what Twitter was. I think he wants the infrastructure to change it into something completely different. And I don't think he gives a fuck about advertisers. I don't think he cares about your tweets. I don't think he cares whether or not you're being mean to an LGBTQ person. I don't think he gives shit one. I think he wants to ban almost everybody from that platform so that he can basically turn it into something else. But be that as it may, I would highly recommend that you start looking at Noster, N-O-S-T-R. Just Google it. If you're still using Google, just Google it. Start looking at it. Because it's going like the minute that you log into five different clients built by five or six separate teams, and you see the exact same shit that you posted from any one of them on all of them, at that point, that's when, that's your Bitcoin moment. It is. That's your Bitcoin moment. The second that you do that, <clears throat> the second, it's like sending your first transaction, realizing nobody was in your way. Nobody had say. Nobody, nobody even knew that you were making the transaction except you and the person you were transacting with, and nobody else had anything to say about it, nor did they know. The minute that that happened in Bitcoin was when I had my Bitcoin moment. I just had my Noster moment, and it is just as powerful. It is every bit as powerful. I cannot stress enough how important it is right now for everybody listening to my voice to start claiming your namespace in Fediverse stuff, Noster stuff, any decentralized protocols that are coming down the pipe right now, you need to get all over it. You need to discover and figure out how to claim your namespace, which means what handle are you gonna use? What are you, I mean, you need to start claiming your public and private keys. You need to start like actually doing stuff in the Fediverse and on Noster. Otherwise you're gonna be left behind. You'll be one of the only people left on Twitter. And if you're sitting there thinking after all these people are banned, whether you love them or hate them, that you're the survivor, you're not the fucking survivor. 
you're the last person to leave. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Okay, booster grabs. <coughs> Let's get into it. This is from episode 652. Uh, wait a minute, hold on a second. Let me just make sure. Okay. Uh, Van Man Jr. 10,000 sats says, just because, keep them coming. I may have already read these, so I'm just going to uh, clear these out. Letter 6173 with the stripe who says, I would like to see a day where sub-Saharan Africa is liberated from their financial bondage via P2P lightning payments and converting locally produced excess energy into hard money that subsidizes further energy infrastructure. Agreed. At Nick underscore dose 101 sat says, cheers. Now let's get back to this one. This was from episode 653, the last episode. Bubba. With 20,000 sats says, comply, comply, comply. Fuck that shit. Have a nice day. Pitar with the striper boost says, flushing the turd that is Binance will undoubtedly hurt, but I'm afraid it will hurt more in the long run if that house of cards is allowed to fester and grow. What better time than now? Agree. And I will, I will comment on this one, Pitar. You're absolutely right. Rip the Band-Aid off. But here's my thing. And I was just thinking about this a couple minutes ago before I started the show. I got uh, Peng Zhao or CZ, the CEO of Binance, and I got Elon Musk. And they're both doing weird shit. Here's what I mean. <clears throat> I got a billionaire play. Well, he's not even a playboy because he doesn't do that kind of shit. But Elon Musk spends 44, what, billion dollars to buy Twitter and it looks like he's running it into the ground. That's what it looks like. But I have a very hard time believing that he doesn't have an end goal in mind. I may be wrong, and I don't mind being wrong. You guys know me. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. It's, I'm not going to cry about it. But I got a hard time believing that somebody that was able to bilk the United States government out of hundreds of billions of dollars a year to subsidize his fucking private companies, SpaceX and anything else, Tesla, that he, he doesn't make any money on the services offered from either one of those companies. The bulk of the money, the reason he's a billionaire is because for some reason he was able to get the United States government and a whole bunch of other investors to subsidize that shit. That's not a stupid person. Maybe a malicious misfeasance having little son of a bitch, but he's not stupid. Anybody that can do that is not stupid. Okay. But it looks like he's running it into the ground. You have to ask why? What's the, is there an ulterior motive? Is there a longer view? Or, I mean, it's like all the people that are like going, oh, he's so stupid. Look, he bought a $40 billion company and he's ruined it. Yeah. Have fun staying poor. I don't think that's in his mind. I don't, I don't think that that's fair to say to Elon, not because people are being mean and he should be treated fair. That's not what I mean by fair in this context. In this context, what I mean by fair is that I don't think we're seeing the forest for the trees, but I don't know what it is that I'm looking for. I just don't see that. In the case of Binance, I see the exact, I have the exact same question as to the motives of CZ. What do I mean by motives? Binance is being looked at hardcore right now. I've said on at least two shows in, the row, in a row <clears throat> that I 
keep thinking that Binance is on much more stable footing than I would imagine. Otherwise, CZ wouldn't have taken the kill shot on FTX. Right? I mean, this is not a man who is stupid. He built Binance from the ground up to become the largest exchange of shit coinery on the planet. Shit coinery as it is, but you know, it is the largest exchange on the planet. That's not the actions of a stupid person. Even if he's not the one that actually hand built every gear and, you know, and rod and, you know, structural load bearing thing that Binance has to have to be able to be Binance, he did pick the people that ultimately picked good people to be able to build that. Still not the actions of somebody who's just terminally stupid. Uh, we, we're doing ourselves a disservice if we think that. However, I cannot help but to look at what's going on with Binance and some of the statements that CZ has made over the last couple of days by evading questions. Like, can, like one of the questions that was asked to him on an interview, and I can't remember who or when exactly it was, but she asked him directly, can you absorb a $2.1 billion clawback of funds today, right now? And, he, and his answer was, we're financially stable. Uh, that's not an answer to that question. So I start going, well, maybe Binance is going down. But my point is, CZ would have had to have known that that was a potential going forward when he took the kill shot on FTX because it was going to blow everything open. If he, he, either, he either thought he wasn't exposed at all and is now finding out that maybe he was more exposed than he thought, or he had an ulterior motive, maybe, just maybe look at it this way. He knew to let this house of cards continue was not going to do anybody good. So not only did he tear down FTX's house of cards, he's gonna tear down his own house of cards and he has a plan to come out of the other side, richer and snot, but I don't know what that plan is. All I'm saying is when you see activities like this, people that are making what may look like on the surface, very foolish decisions, I would look deeper. Try to peel back, use, your, use that gray matter in your head. What do you think he's trying to do? If this was you, what do you think you might get out of it? Or what would you plan on getting out of it if you were tearing down the very thing that you either built by yourself or paid a pretty penny for? All right, now let's do this one. Letter 6173, <coughs> <coughs> Striper Boost. If gifting Bitcoin, remember to also give the gift of self-custody. Totally agree. Fatoshi, 5555 Satoshis says, Here's to an ecosystem of ideas. Saint, uh, oh, Saints and Sats sends 500 Sats, no notes. And that's cool. I, I still like, I would rather read y'all's notes, but I understand if you guys don't want to do that. Um, I appreciate every single Satoshi that you guys have sent. <clears throat> now, before we get into the news, and we're going to do that in a little bit of a different way today, um, let me, in fact, hold on, let me move this over here. I'm going to 
I think what what here's what's going to happen. On the 21st of December, me and the family are going to take a two-day drive down to southwest Colorado where we always spend Christmas. All right. Generally speaking, I close down the show during this time. And um, generally, what I used to do was run some reruns of some of the, uh, uh, oh, some of the interviews that I've given. But I think this time what I want to do is I want to rerun the first 10 or 12 episodes of the Bitcoin and podcast. If for no other reason, just to see where we've come from over the past you know, or what, or how far we've come over the past four years. If we've come any distance at all, I think we have because nobody does something for four years unless they absolutely love doing it. <laughs> um, well, if you're taking the vow of policy or poverty, the vow of policy, that should be a thing. Um, the vow of poverty and still doing it for four years after you've taken that vow, uh, then you clearly, clearly love it. I'm more like a monk at this point than anything else. But I just wanted you guys to be aware that here in the next couple of days, I might not be producing new shows. I might just be starting to run the reruns. What I would like to do is I'm going to set those up as separate shows. I'm not going to just re-up like the old, like the old, um, like, I don't know, re-up the old episode on SoundCloud. I'm going to reload the WAV file and give it a different title or something like that. I'll like rerun colon something, something, your first episode of Bitcoin and. And that way I can get boostograms and notes from you guys on the first 10 or 12 shows of this, of this podcast existence. I think that that would be really interesting to see. Like, especially the guys that, you know, you guys that have never heard heard the show when I was actually still doing it in my car on my commute from Canyon, Texas to Lubbock and back. Yeah, if you haven't heard those, because it was quite a bit different back then. It didn't do as much news, you know, but I kind of started thinking that maybe somebody needs to read the daily news. But I just wanted you guys to be aware that that is coming. Uh, we'll be back, you know, probably January the 5th. You know, first... The <clears throat> first week of January is maybe when I start doing some new shows. Uh, just I just want to give you all that warning out there. Now, let's do the news. Okay, I'm going to do this one a little different too. Um, I found out about something called Trillium, T-R-I-L-I-U-M. It's a kind of a note-taking thing. I won't get into it. But uh, kind of fell down that rabbit hole over the last couple of days as well. So I wanted to do a couple of stories uh, from a different perspective. I'm not going to read the whole thing verbatim. I've, I've made notes and I'm going to uh, read those notes and, and we'll just go through it. You'll, we'll discover this together. Trust me. Senator Elizabeth Warren introduces sweeping anti-privacy, anti-freedom Bitcoin bill BTC Casey writing the story from Bitcoin Magazine. Okay, the thing that is being talked about right now is what's called the Digital Asset Anti-Money Laundering Act of 2022. And this was put forth by Senator Elizabeth Warren and some idiot named Marshall. I, he's a Republican, so it's bipartisan. But here's where we start really getting angry, right? The bill would require custodial, 
and self-custodial wallet providers and miners to implement know your customer systems. Good luck. You know, no, Rodolfo Novak makes the cold card. So he would be a self-custodial wallet provider. And by definition, even though he's in Canada, for him to sell his goods to a United States citizen, if this son of a bitch passes, then he would actually have to to drop in KYC stuff in a cold card. Do you think Rodolfo Novak is going to do that? If you don't, if you think he would, then you don't know Rodolfo Novak. He's not going to sell cold card to the United States citizenry at all, period, forever. <coughs> if he knows that you're from the United States and this thing passes and you want a cold card, he will not sell it to you. However, if you are able to fool Rodolfo Novak and get a cold card as a United States citizen and somehow or another through chicanery, ship it to yourself from a cold card or from CoinKite, this is the name of the company, and you get it and you are, were to post him a message somewhere, possibly on Noster, and say, ha ha, Rodolfo, I fooled you. I'm an American citizen and I got the cold card. He's probably going to laugh because at that point, that's all you, right? No. How are you going to force any of these guys? I mean, Ledger, Ledger's gonna do it. Ledger's going to put KYC shit into their fucking wallet. Why? Because they're, they're being sold in Best Buy and they don't want that cash cow to go away. Novak and people like him are a completely different animal. They don't care. Novak has already released everything that you need to be able to build your own cold card wallet. The physical thing. He, he released all of that. He's released the code. He's released everything that you need to build a cold card wallet and not buy one from him. And it will be a cold card wallet. And it will have and never will have KYC. Trezor is going to put KYC, if this thing passes, by the way, for United States citizenry, they will have a version that they ship to the United States that will have KYC. D don't buy it. In fact, you might want to just Here's the thing. I have one cold card. You know how many, I mean, I, let's say that I needed five different private keys. Do I need five cold card wallets? No. I can generate as many private keys with my one cold card wallet as I want to. Did you know that? Did, did you know that? You can actually do the same thing with your old ledger or your old treasure. These are signing devices. They don't actually hold your Bitcoin. So since I already have a cold card wallet, I don't really need to order any more from Novak, but I might just in case. Just see what I'm saying? A little bit of black market non-KYC hardware walletry here. Okay, continuing on. It would also prohibit financial institutions from interacting with privacy tools such as CoinJoin in an effort to limit the ability of users to maintain their privacy. And thinking about it, CoinJoin simply restores the user's ability to use Bitcoin in a way that more closely resembles physical cash. Well, they don't want us to have cash either, right? This is, Alex Jones has been talking about that shit for a decade, if not more. Sure, he may be crazy as a bed bug, but he's not wrong on several occasions, and this happens to be one of them. They don't want you using cash. And why these people want control over every aspect of every citizen on the face of the planet's lives is beyond me. 
I've never understood it other than to just chalk it up to psychopathy, but whatever. It doesn't matter because we got a couple of more points on this whole digital asset anti-money laundering bill here. <clears throat> Regulating bodies would be allowed to file reports and surveil users without the need for a warrant or a government request. So no warrant. Elizabeth Warren fucking hates you. And anybody that signs onto this bill hates you too. Luckily, Elizabeth Warren has put out a lot of bills and only one of them has ever been passed, which makes me wonder how she keeps getting elected, but be that as it may, this act also calls for a rule classifying the following as money service businesses, custodial and unhosted wallet providers, as we've seen, cryptocurrency miners as well, validators or other nodes who may act to validate or secure third-party transactions, independent network participants, including MEV searchers, and MEV is what minor extractable value, that's more on the Ethereum and shitcoinery side, but it's there. Other validators with control over network protocols. All of those that I just mentioned implies a Bitcoin full node. If you're running a Bitcoin full note, Elizabeth Warren hates you. And she doesn't want you to run a Bitcoin full note because I validate transactions. Do you think I actually look at the transactions that are like I'm actually like attached to my mempool off of my node and I'm looking at every transaction and I'm, you know, saying whether it's valid or not? No, my node is validating them given consensus rules of the Bitcoin network. That's the validation. When I say I'm validating transactions, it's not really me. I got no clue what's flowing through my node and I don't want to know. I don't care. I don't give a shit. But Elizabeth Warren does. And if she has her way, I would actually have to register as a money transmitter, I guess. And I'm not going to do that, Elizabeth. So you pass your fucking bill all you want. You do it. And I'm never, ever ever, ever, ever going to register. And you can come search my house. Maybe I've got the node in the attic of my neighbor's house. Maybe I snuck in while they were gone. Uh, I don't know, I really wouldn't do this. But my point is, is that these things are so small and use such little power that they can barely be fucking traced. Now, let's say that I did sneak into my neighbor's attic and install a node behind a rafter that nobody's ever gonna see. And somehow or another, snake uh, snake some power uh, internal, uh, internally from up there and give it a one terabyte, two terabyte hard drive that's an SSD and just tuck that little thing behind some, I don't know, insulation or something like that. And then give the, the Raspberry Pi a Wi-Fi hat. It basically just means I can like, or even just a, a like a, maybe even a Bluetooth or a Wi-Fi USB transmitter. And then it's talking to my Wi-Fi, which is next door. You see how this goes? What this entire thing, let me, let me do this last point. This quote is the most direct attack on the personal freedom and privacy of cryptocurrency users and developers that we've yet seen in quote, according to coin center, <coughs> coin center is not exactly, you know, uh, I mean, they're not exactly somebody that you shouldn't trust, but 
never trust anybody fully, but Coin Center at least tries. But here's what I'm saying. They're right. This is the, this is, and this is, after this attack is over, it's just going to be ongoing. This is never going to end. Okay. Not, not, not in our lifetimes anyway. Um, the whole point here is that these people hate you and they don't want you to be sovereign over anything ever again. You know, they're, they're just like in the Netherlands, they're just taking people's farmland. They're just going to take it. I don't think they're going to, I mean, I've heard stories that they're going, oh, well, we'll, we'll pay you for it. They're going to pay a fucking pittance compared to what that farmland is actually worth. The Netherlands is not that big. They want to close down and they're going to close down 3000 farms. They don't want to, they're going to. And if the farmer doesn't vacate the premises, they will send men with guns dressed in armor black to go kill them if they can't physically remove them from the property. And those people will never be able to go back to the farm that they loved, that they farmed, that they cared for. You know, and anybody who's out there saying, well, farmers destroy land, some farmers do. There's a lot of farmers that are beginning to know better and they're learning te- uh, techniques and talents that actually improve their land and they get better yields over time and use less fertilizer while they're doing it to the point that at one point they won't have to use fertilizers at all. I mean, unnatural fertilizers because their soils will be so goddamn deep that their plants' roots will be able to put roots down so fast and so wide that they will have a plethora of nutrition. That doesn't mean that they won't be putting manure. There's there's other things that they will have to do, but just dumping 150 pounds of nitrate on top of their soil is, that doesn't have to happen anymore, right? They don't want you to be sovereign over anything ever again. Your own security, they don't want you to be sovereign. Your own financial stability, they don't want you sovereign. Your own land that could provide you food or timber, fuel, food, fiber, or medicine. They don't want you sovereign over any of it, people. Stop thinking they love you. They don't. They hate you. And they want you to die. I don't know, man. You know what we should probably do? We should probably run the numbers. CNBC futures and commodities. Uh, West Texas Intermediate crude is down 2.23% to $74.41 a barrel. Brent North Sea likewise down 2.5 points, $79.16. A five-point drop for natural gas down to $6.62 per 1,000 cubic feet. Gasoline down uh, two and a fifth points to $2.12 a gallon. Uh, Shiny metal rocks are mixed. Gold, 0.78% to the upside, just passing, just passing $1,800 an ounce. Silver is up a quarter to $23.36. Platinum down one and a fifth. Copper is up a fifth of a point. And palladium is down 5.3%. What happened there? Don't know. Don't care. Agricultural stuff uh, is completely mixed. Biggest loser today is coffee, 3.73% to the down. Biggest winner today is cotton, point, nope, 1.38% to the upside. The Dow is down 1.48%. Oh, I guess I guess that whole lying about the jobs report uh, was not the way to go. If you don't know what I'm saying, 
Yeah, the Biden administration said, look, we've got jobs, jobs, jobs. And then a few days later, the revision came out on the jobs report. And we were actually down 1.1 million jobs. These people don't even care. They don't even care about even trying because they know you're not paying fucking attention. They're, they know. They know they've got, they've done exactly what they set out to do in 2001. And that was to distract the living shit out of the world's population to the point that nobody knows what the hell's going on and they can do whatever the fuck they want. I'm sorry. This was supposed to be the numbers. Uh, not a rant. S and P down 1.66%. NASDAQ down 1.39%. S and P mini is down 1.71%. Even real money having some problems. 16,820 bucks. You know, we were at 18,000 just a, you know, 24 hours ago, but I guarantee you this has everything to do with Binance. 21,168 transactions waiting on 11 blocks to clear. We have a $323.5 billion market cap. That is 2.63% of gold's market cap. And you can now only get 9.1 ounces of shiny metal rock with your one Bitcoin, of which there are 19,235,416.96 of, and 5,131.42 of those are in the Lightning Network valued app. $86.3 million being run over 15,912 nodes, uh, sporting 75,169 payment channels, and 68.3% of all that shit's being run over Tor's 11,166 lightning nodes. That's going to do it for Vitals. Welcome to part two of the news that you can use. Max Kaiser, he wants to hide 10 Bitcoin in El Salvador. <coughs> now, this is an older article. It's actually back from December 7th, which, by the way, was Pearl Harbor Day. And nobody, nobody said shit about it, including me. I don't know why. I, I, I should have said, said that. But yeah, I, I went the, immediately when I figured out that it was Pearl Harbor Day, first thing I did, go to Google. Did Google have a doodle? No. Yeah, well, actually, yes, they did, but not for Pearl Harbor Day. No, sir. Now, getting back to uh, this whole Max Kaiser thing, uh, Bitcoin. Oh, by the way, this is written by Leon Sigmund from BitcoinNews.com. Bitcoin advocate Max Kaiser is considering to hide 10 Bitcoin somewhere in El Salvador to sponsor a public treasure hunt. If the stunt goes viral, even more Bitcoin tourists could potentially visit the Bitcoin country. Forget Hunger Games. Here comes Prosperity Games. Prosper Prosperity and property instead of misery and communism. Surely, finding one Bitcoin would be fantastic. With one Bitcoin, you're set for life as the value of Bitcoin is projected in the billions, according to Fidelity. If we live that long. While Bitcoiners believe that one Bitcoin equals one retirement and certainly should be considered as generational wealth, it depends on the number of Bitcoin you have, whether you'd feel comfortable to sprinkle a few of them over El Salvador. Kaiser said his cost basis is below 300 bucks. Seems to be in a position to share the joy of early retirement with 10 lucky plebs. Or to be more precise, those plebs who would successfully find one or more of the hidden Bitcoin. However, Kaiser might not be alone. Soon after he tweeted the idea, he added that a friend has matched his offer to put up Bitcoin for the marketing stunt. 
Kaiser stated in an interview with Bitcoin News that he won't retire anytime soon. It's educating the noobs that gives him motivation and energy to continue advocating for Bitcoin. Kaiser is a relentless activist who started educating about Bitcoin as early as 2011. Known for his outspoken opinions and unconventional ideas, his latest plan is no exception. And I'm just going to end it there. Uh, let's see if there is a thing. Yeah, if you want to get in on it, uh, just, you know, just because there's not really anything here that says exactly where this is going. So you'll have to follow Max Kaiser. And Max Kaiser is one of those marketing gurus. He really knows how to get attention on himself. And, you know, for bad or good uh, that you may see that, it, it is what it is. The guys, he, you have to give it to him. He's a master of marketing. Um, but you know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of the earlier years of, of being in Bitcoin. You know, before we lost almost all of our innocence, which went down the, you know, got flushed down the toilet with FTX and what may be Binance next, I don't know. Uh, but we had a lot, there was a lot of people that would hide, you know, open dimes. There was a lot of art that had hidden pub or hidden private keys inside the art. And you had to decipher the art to get those uh, private keys out. And once you did, if you got the, the way that you won that is you look at a picture that somebody said there's there's hidden words or there's private keys, whatever. And if you got them and you went and, and got, you know, went into Electrum wallet or something and put those private keys in, the first thing you did would sweep whatever Bitcoin was there. And that was your proof that you won the contest. You didn't have to, you didn't call the guy and say, you know, or, or Twitter him or email him or DM the guy and say, hey, I think I won your contest, let's find out. No, 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 you, you knew if you won the contest. Because if you put it, if you deciphered the private key off of one of these pieces of art, or you found the quote unquote private key or a, you know, 24 word seed word somewhere that was buried in New York City, which people used to do all the time, you knew whether you won and you didn't have to ask anybody if you won. You're the one that was the first person to discover whether you won or not. Completely different paradigm. It's a completely different paradigm, right? And Max seems to be kind of, maybe he wants to bring that back. But I remember those days, man, those days before FTX and the grifters and the grafters and all the bullshit that we've been dealing with. Sure, we had altcoins to deal with, but we didn't have to deal with it, you know, in terms like this, where like BlockFi's lending shit and Larry Cermak and, you know, otherwise known as Lawmaster and Mike Dudas are basically completely captured because, you know, they're taking money from FTX. I, you know, before the loss of innocence, there was a lot of fun to be had in Bitcoin. And I hope Max can bring that back. I, I, I really do. Now, let's see, what else do we have here on deck? Uh, do, do, Hong Kong, eh, nah, screw that one. Let's do this one, uh, Jack Dorsey. Um, yeah. <clears throat> say what you want, but Jack Dorsey is finding out that uh, he seems to like Noster as well. Uh, Ezra Reguera tells us more Cointelegraph. Uh, with the internal investigation led by Elon Musk identifying censorship-related issues on Twitter, the social platform's former CEO, Jack Dorsey, has promoted the idea of a free and open protocol for social media. In a post, 
Dorsey highlighted some potential solutions to the current problems of the Twitter platform. According to the former Twitter CEO, this includes making it resilient from corporate government control, giving the right to remove content solely to the original author and implementing moderation through algorithmic choice. He explained that, quote, I'm a strong believer that any content produced by someone for the internet should be permanent until the original author chooses to delete it. It should always be available and addressable. Content takedowns and suspensions should not be physically possible, end quote. Dorsey believes that the Twitter platform under his leadership and the current Twitter do not meet the three principles that he mentioned and blamed himself for not fighting for the platform. And he wrote further, quote, this is my fault alone, as I completely gave up pushing for them when an activist entered our stock in 2020. I planned my exit at that moment, knowing I was no longer right for the company. God, that's got to be sad. Dorsey also noted that the biggest mistake was focusing on building tools to manage the public conversation instead of creating ones that let Twitter users manage it for themselves. Quote, this burdened the company with too much power, he added. With this, the company was also exposed to outside pressure, according to the former CEO. In a tweet, Dorsey also shared the GitHub link to a censorship-resistant open protocol that is currently being built. The project, dubbed Notes and Other Stuff Transmitted, aims to enable the creation of decentralized social networks based on cryptographic keys and signatures. On October the 18th, Dorsey also announced new developments regarding Blue Sky Social, a decentralized social media project that was started in 2019. With the platform, there will be no company that can decide what becomes published. Rather, there will be a marketplace of companies deciding what to carry to their audiences. Now, I'm really, really upset that Cointelegraph called it notes and other stuff transmitted. What is that? Notes and other stuff transmitted. N-O-S-T-R. Noster. In case you were wondering what Noster for, stood for, that's, that's it. Notes and other stuff transmitted. Notes and other stuff. Those are the events that I'm talking about. But, you know, ETR probably wouldn't be, you know, a very cool, you know, acronym. ETR, events transmitted, you know, transmitted. Nah. Notes and other stuff transmitted because then you get Nostradamus. That's where domus.io comes in. It's the other side of Noster. Nostradamus. Yeah, that's the way that's, that's the way this thing is kind of working. That's actually the thing. Anyway. In, anyway. That's what Jack was talking about. He wasn't talking about notes and other stuff transmitted. He was talking about Noster, which is one and the same, right? I just wish that Cointelegraph had had the guts to actually put in the word Noster because it's either they don't know what Noster is or, you know, or anything about it or whatever. Anyway, again, now even Jack, now even Jack is all goo-goo over Noster. And I can... From any client, from any Noster client, I can go and put in Jack's public key, which I have because he has it on his Twitter account. And I'm not sure when he's going to get his Twitter account removed by Elon Musk because he's advertising for a different protocol. But be that as it may, I have his private or his public key. 
Don't have his private key. I've got his public key. I can put his public key into any fucking client that talks to Nostra Protocol and I can get to Jack. Do you, do you see how powerful that is? Nobody can censor anybody. I can censor Jack, but only insofar that I can censor him from my feed by choosing not to list his public key in the people of the keys that I follow. That's the only censorship I'm capable of is crafting the messaging that I wish to receive, which is exactly the fucking way God intended. I should not be able to tell you that you can't see messages from Jack's public key. You should not be able to tell me whose keys I can look at and whose keys I cannot look at. And anybody who thinks that they can, can go sit on and spin because it's not physically possible for you to do that. And if I keep trying to beat it into your head, this is as important as Bitcoin is. If I cannot communicate with you, then I cannot transact with you. And if I cannot transact with you, then I might as well not be able to communicate with you. Do you see how these two things work? I truly believe at this point that Noster is just as important as Bitcoin is. I you're probably going to just tear your hair out for me saying that, oh, it's a shit coin. No, it's not. It's, it's completely different. Again, if I cannot communicate with you, then I will never know that I have a chance to transact with you because you offer something that I might want to exchange value for, right? And if I do know that you have something that I would love to exchange value for, but I cannot transact with you privately, in a non-censorship way, then I might as well never knew you existed in the first fucking place now, shouldn't I? That's why these two things, when you fit these things properly together, you get something that, you, you get a synergy. You thought Bitcoin was powerful? You ain't seen nothing yet, motherfucker. You wait till Noster and Bitcoin get together now. now. Now, how would that work? How would that work? Oh yes, the Albi wallet or Albi app, A-L-B-Y. Why am I even mentioning that? Well, Albi is sort of like this interesting web plugin for your browser. Uh, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I get it. I get it, but it demonstrates where we're going. So just bear with me, even though you hate the fact that it's a web plugin. I get it. I get it. I hear you. But we've got to start experimenting with all this stuff now instead of like, oh, well, it's following the same model of all the shit that I hate, so I'm not even going to look at it. You're doing yourself and me a disservice, sir or madam. You've got, we've got to figure this out. And we have to experiment to be able to have a hope in hell of figuring it out. Now, back to Albi. It's a wallet. It's a Bitcoin wallet. It's a Lightning wallet. Okay, actually, let me pull, I'm going to pull it up off my, my thing here. Um, yeah, uh, let's see. Let's see. What do I have? Um, yeah, I can send. Uh, looks like I can send through the Lightning network. Uh, let's see. I can I can use Albi to invoice uh, <clears throat> a Lightning address or LNURL. That's how I can send. Let's see what I got under receive. 
uh, it looks like I can do, I can receive using <coughs> LN URL or uh, a lightning, lightning address. So it's a lightning wallet. It's not on chain, but you know what else it does? It has a place in its settings. If I go over to settings uh, and I'm going to do that, I'm going to go to settings and I'm going to scroll down to the bottom of settings. And what do we have here? But Noster. Noster is a simple open protocol that aims to create censorship resistant social networks. Noster works with cryptographic keys. To publish something, you sign it with your key and send it to multiple relays. You can use Albi to manage your Noster key. Many Noster applications will then allow you to simply use the key from the Albi extension. And looky here, here's a little place that you can put your private key. Again, I know, like if, you know, I don't think Matt O'Dell listens to this podcast, but he's probably like going, has everything that I've said just drifted out in one ear and out the other, you brainless little dweeb? No, I, I'm experimenting. I'm experimenting. So yes, I put in the first private key that I generated from the Noster protocol into Albi. Let's see if they, let's see if they handle it well. But I couldn't generate another private key that, that Albi has no, 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 no idea that I even did. And that will be a private key that I never give to anybody. So now all of a sudden I am in control as to whether or not I have a quote unquote compromised private key and a non-compromised private key. That's my choice, right? Now, getting back to this, when I put my private key into the Albi uh, Noster section of the Albi app, I went back over to, uh, what was it? Anim uh, uh, Animagus, I can't remember what it was. Um, one of the, one of the cli Noster clients, it reset, it sensed that I had somehow or another interacted with Albi. And then it basically logged me out automatically, had no choice. And I'm like going, I was actually kind of pissed about that. <coughs> and then when I <clears throat> reloaded that page, it talked, it started talking to Albi. And Albi is like, hey, do you want me to, to sign you in to this service with this private key that you've got set for Noster? And I said, well, why not? Let's do that. And it signed me in. So now Albi, and like I said, yes, you're screaming. Albi has control of your private key. You don't have control over it anymore. I get that. I got to figure this shit out. All of us do. And the only way, and what's beautiful about being able to do it this way and have a private key that I've compromised is that that private key holds no fundage. But it could. Through the Albi app, I could load that because when 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 like uh let's see when animega came back up it uh now is talking to my albi wallet it's talking to my albi wallet it's it's you know it didn't before because i i didn't have albi set up but now that i've got albi set up i can have uh an enigma sorry enigma interact with Albi wallet. So not only am I signing messages with my private key that was generated from a completely different user experience that was talking to Noster, I took that private key and gave it to Albi. Now Albi with that same private key can sign me into Enigma 
And inside Enigma, I can access my Albi wallet. Do you get what I'm saying? Now I can do all of this if I, if I choose to keep my private key uncompromised. It's just like I have to do one more step, but each one of those steps is go always going to include signing your shit with a private key, which means you got to put your private key into some kind of input panel somewhere. So I'm not sure how we can automatically go, oh, well, that's secure. Because anything connected to the web is not secure. We all know that by now. I'm telling you guys, if you're not looking at Noster and Albi and Enigma, A-N-I-G-M-A, and that is Enigma.io and Domus, D-A-M-U-S.io, Albi, Albi, you need to check out Albi, A-L-B-Y. It is, you can plug it into any kind of Chrome extension. And it does a lot more than just what I was telling you about here, right? Uh, you need to look at Astral, A-S-T-R-A-L dot Ninja. You need to look at Branley, B-R-A-N-L-E dot Fiat Jeff or Jaff dot com. That's B-R-A-N-L-E dot F-I-A-T-J or yeah, J-A-F dot com. That's Branley. Right, that's another one. You got to look at that one too. You got to start looking at this stuff because you don't want to be left by. You don't want to be the one guy that's on Twitter thinking that everybody that now Twitter is your playground and not realize that the playground is empty. Because at that point, you're the lonely little kid swinging by himself, and all the other parents that are pushing their kids in strollers are looking at you, going, "Oh, isn't that sad? He ain't got no one to play with." Now, I'm not saying that Twitter's got to automatically, you know, go down the drain, but it certainly is circling it. And if if Elon has no further plan than to than to just do the game plan that he's doing right now, and you're the last one on Twitter, I'm going to be looking at you swinging by yourself on a playground going, fucking dude, that's sad, dude. Because everybody's like, I'm just saying, it's going to be worth your time, I promise. You will not waste your time if you start really looking at Fediverse and you can, the, one of the clients to look into the Fediverse is Mastodon. That's what I use. That's not the only one that you can use, right? But moreover, I'm looking very hard at Noster, very hard. I will continue to use Fediverse and Mastodon is my client to look inside the world that is Fediverse, but I'm becoming increasingly understanding of how important, how more important Noster is and the way that we handle stuff in Noster. Whether Noster ends up being the end all be all, I don't care. It's the public private key pair that can be used across any UX to access the exact same information that only you can access from anywhere in the world and have that connected via Albi or something else that allows you to make payments. So now not only can I communicate with you, I can buy shit from you and vice versa. If you don't understand the power of the combination of Bitcoin and generalized communications, I can't help you because that's the new world. 
I don't want you to be the kid swinging by yourself on the playground. If you're still there, after I see you on the other side, I will try to get through to you again. This has been Bitcoin and, and I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.